Welcome to the Prism of Torah podcast archive with your host, Rabbi Saf Aaron Prisman. This podcast features a Dvar Torah called Parshas Emor and Sfiras Oime. Shalom. In this week's Parsha for Chutzlar's people, Parshas Emor, we are commanded of the mitzvah of the Omer offering, the sacrifice of the Omer, which is on the second day of Pesach, we are commanded to bring an offering of barley in the base of Mikdash. And it's important to note that it's only after this sacrifice that we are allowed to eat wheat. Before that, there is an Easter, a prohibition in the Torah that we're not allowed to eat new wheat, which is called Isul Chadash. Now, the Torah then further instructs us to count 49 days from this offering of the Oymel until the day until Shavuot's time, the day before Shavuot. And that is what is known today, and we're counting. So, I want to share with you a couple of questions. One of them we already mentioned two weeks ago, and we give a different answer. Question number one, and this is a new question. Why is this sacrifice, this offering, why is it called Omer? Omer, as we know, is actual a measurement, meaning it's really a volume. So why is the name of the offering based on its volume? That's question number one. And furthermore, in the same question, we'll call it question number two, interesting to note that there is other offerings that have the same exact volume, which is the Mincha offering. We know that the, the doving that we have today, all the Tefillahs, are Kenegid Kolbanoi, sacrifices, and Mincha that we daven today is, is Kenegid the Mincha offering that we have at one point. Now, the Mincha offering also is the same volume. This, uh, this amount of an Omer is also called Asirita Ifa, which is a tenth of an Eifa. So how come the only, how, how come we mention that the volume and the name of the sacrifice of the Omer is, is Omer? We don't call any other sacrifice like that. What's unique? It seems like it's imperative that the Torah should call this sacrifice by the volume Omer. So, why is that true? Even though we have other sacrifices that have the exact same amount. Because really, we know Chazal teaches us it's Asiri Taifa. That's what it is. And question number three, which we mentioned two weeks ago, what? It seems like there's an imperative and intrinsic connection between, between this Kobana Oimel and the 49 days and Silas Omer that we count until Shavuot. So there's, what's the connection between starting to count the Omer, the Omer, and Shavuot. So last week we said, the Minchat Da Chinuch, the Chinuch explained, because you have to ensure that the the main idea of us leaving Mitzrayim is to get the Torah, to receive the Torah. So we have to connect to Shavuot. But now we're asking the question slightly differently. What's this connection of counting the Omer? We actually count it from the second day of Pesach. Why is it from the second day of Pesach, which is obviously due to the sacrifice of the Omer. So I saw these questions being brought down by Rabbi Yosef Salant, the Tal in his book, Bar Yosef. And he answers the following. On purpose, the, the Torah called the sacrifice Omer. And we call the volume Omer and not the tenth of an Eifa. Why? Because we want to show that the whole idea of the sacrifice of the Omer should remind us of something else. And where else do we see this volume mentioned, Omer, when the man, the manna, came down when Israel were in the desert? 
they always got the manna that fell from, from the sky that Kodesh Baruch Hu gave them. What was unique about the man? That everyone got exactly the amount they needed to have. And the amount was and a volume of omna per person. In Lashon HaKodesh, omna legulgolist, which means per person they got that amount of omer. Now, why did the Torah want to make a connection between the sacrifice of the omer to the man? Because we want to show that just like when we were in the desert and we realized that all our sustenance and anything we needed came from Hashem and it had nothing to do with us, which was an open miracle, obviously it had nothing to do with us, it fell from the sky and we got exactly what we needed. So too, after, when we left, when we reached and we went to live there and there were no more open miracles and people had to work to earn their parnasa, their living like we do today so too don't make the mistake that someone can easily make because now that we're working to earn a living then it looks like it's a total direct relationship between how much effort we put in and how much money we make don't let that optical illusion fool you. It is all coming from Hashem. To remind us this idea, we bring the Koba Noimel. The Koba Noimel, that's the sacrifice from the first produce of the field. We bring that. And only then we can have all the other wheat. Why? To remind us. We know that everything, it's just to remind us that the idea that everything's coming from Hashem. And even though we're not in the days of the desert, that there were open miracles, Still, everything is coming from Hashem, and one should not make the mistake that easily can be made now that we're working for a living. To strengthen this idea, we can bring the Gemara and Kedushin, Lamed Fatamud Aleph 38a. And over there it says that from the time Moshe Rabbeinu passed away, which was Zayn Zadal, then the manna stopped coming. Hashem stopped the coming. It was in His mouth that we got it, that we received it. However, they continue, they continue to have leftovers of the manna until the Nisan, the 16th of Nisan, which, coincidence not, is the same day we bring this Koban, this sacrifice of the Omer. Why? So it's the same idea. It's to remind us this very tight connection between the man that we used to get and the Omer is reminding us, just like the man, we used to get everything from Hashem. Also, too, now the wheat that we work hard for is coming from Hashem. So don't think it has, you have to work 24-7, because really, it's the same ideas always always exist. Whatever was allotted for you and was allocated for you, you will get. Nothing will change. Thus far, we answered our two main questions. The first two, which is really one. Why is Kolban Oymel called with the volume that is used to bring it? Why? And why isn't the volume being referred to as a sirita a tenth of an eifah, like we we say in, when we say the amount you need for the the sacrifice of mincha? That's what we say. So we answer that because we want to we make it obvious the, the connection between the sacrifice and the sacrifice of that between the sacrifice and the man that we got in the desert. But we still want to answer the question. So what is the relationship between counting? The fact that we count between this day, the set time the Nisan, which is the second day of Pesach, up until Shavuot, what's, what's, the, what's the connection? According to what we're saying, according to the Bar Yosef, the connection is Givaldic. Why? Because we have to realize that even though we're working, whatever hours we're working, in order to 
to give us parnasa, but one should never lose track and lose vision what life is all about. Of course, us working to get food and parnasa is only a means. It's not an end. What's the end? The end is for us to live here and to do Avodah Hashem, to do mitzvahs, to learn Torah, and that is what Shavuot represents. And once, during this time, these 49 days that we're counting towards Shavuot, we're ensuring we keep realizing and we're focused for our target and goal in this world, which is all about being getting closer to Hashem and being over Hashem. And that's exactly what we should be working during this time. The lessons of the man had even great relevance throughout our history. In fact, in the time of the Navi, the prophet Yomiyahu, the people made working a greater prayer than, than learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. And Yomiyahu got really upset at them that their main focus should be Torah. And they, they replied back that they needed to work in order to survive. So Yomiyahu responded by bringing out a container of the man that was stored in the base of Mikdash. And he showed it to them and he said, how do you think they were able to live? Realize that Parnassah, everything is from Hashem. Don't focus on one's, on your physical sustenance and override and not think about your spiritual well-being. Meaning the man was always there. Hashem commanded us to keep some of the man, to remember that everything is coming from Hashem. I'd just like to end with two short ideas. One was a personal story when I used to work I remember one time I flew back from Toronto to Israel and there was an elderly lady sitting at the bench next to me and she showed me this, I don't know, she wanted to set me up with someone, she wasn't even Jewish, she just showed me this little card and she said, yeah, my daughter's Christian and, and she showed me this little card that had a spell on me, had an effect on me. And you know, Chazal teaches us, Ezu Chacham, a person who is smart is a person, Halomem Mikol Adam, that's able to learn something from from everyone. So she showed me this little card, and this little card had a small cartoon on it, only three pictures. One picture had a, a, a kid playing, and there was, and it said, bubble with a cloud, and it said, I'm too young to think of God. The next cartoon picture had a person with a suitcase running off to work, as I'm sure a lot of us can relate to. And in the bubble it says, I'm too busy to think of God. And the third picture was a picture of this person's funeral. And above his grave, there was a, also a cloud with bubbles. And it said, it's too late to think of God. And I think that the picture screams out exactly with the idea that we're so, sometimes we're so busy with our lives and we don't realize that the main reason we're busy is to ensure our physical sustenance. But we have to not forget what life is all about and our focus should be about avoid us Hashem. I'll end up with one little thing that is really, I think, current events from what I understand. I'm not sure there's 100% accurate because I don't really listen to the news. I got this from second-hand information. But one thing for sure I know is the Gdolina Do, and others, have requested everyone to tonight, midnight chatzot, which is here at 12.30 at night, to come to the Bet Knesset and to say to Hillim, show Hashem that we want, don't want to be a part of what's happening. Because what's happening in El Soil 
I understand it's the Eurovision that's planned to be here. And as a result, many, many thousands, tens of thousands, even of workers, have got a, a permission to, to be Mechalel Shabbos de Farisia, which means publicly not keep Shabbos in order to prepare for this event. And this is exactly the idea we're talking about. Whatever is meant to happen, you'll be able to do it if you need to. But the fact that someone's working on Shabbos shows this idea that, no, we don't believe everything's from Hashem. It all is based on what we're doing in our efforts. Yeratzon, that Amitral will understand that intrinsically, and Yeratzon, that we'll be able to focus more during these times, especially on our Avodah Hashem, as we're counting the email towards Shavuot. Good Shabbos. This is the Prism of Torah podcast. Drabasaf Aaron Prisman. Please share with your friends and family. PrismaofTorah.com is where you can find the full archive of Divrei Torah. You can contact us through the website. Once again, PrismaofTorah.com. This podcast was produced for free by Ali Podcast Production. Lilinishmas, Leibas Yonah, Yaakov Alexander Ben Mordechai Doyev, Yisak Isaac Ben Moshe.